Why is it that some people are content, while others never seem to be satisfied? One important aspect of having a balanced life is recognizing that a balanced life does not mean that we are perfect or have a perfect life. Having a balanced life means learning to manage the physical, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual needs of yourself and your family. As a Christian man or woman of God, we must learn to accept failures and bumps in the road. Today, I'll be sharing information from my Bible study entitled Balance, Christ-Filled Living. I'm going to be sharing the information from Chapter 3 that is entitled Balance When Life Seems Overwhelming. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries and the host of Family Shield. Before I begin uh, the Bible study, Chapter 3, I have just in the Bible study, I have a few suggestions for Bible study leaders. And I thought maybe this would be appropriate. Maybe some of our listeners are Bible study leaders, but have questions about what's the best way to lead. So what I have in the Bible study is that there are, uh, these are some leadership suggestions to help you facilitate discussion and lead a Bible study. Remember that your job is to facilitate discussion. The best facilitators encourage participants to talk and listen more than they talk. That's hard for some of us, I know, me too, but uh, you're all saying that, but uh, that's important. Begin with prayer. Ask the Lord for wisdom as you study the material and lead the Bible study. Pray for your participants. Review the entire chapter each week. Look up all the Bible verses. Think about the questions and how you might facilitate discussion. Rely upon the Holy Spirit to guide and direct you. Be open with your class members about your struggles in life. Be prepared to share examples, but don't monopolize the discussion. Pray for sensitivity to each person's needs in your group. Don't feel you need to cover every question and every Bible verse. Don't get bogged down on questions that don't relate to the topic or that lead the group off on tangents. Draw out the quieter participants by asking them what they think or if they have a comment or question. Begin and end each session on time. It's important. And encourage participants to invite others to future sessions. That was just some of the suggestions I have in the Bible study, Balance, Christ-Filled Living. Now I'm going to be sharing for the rest of the program, Chapter 3, When Life Seems Overwhelming. Ruth called the Family Shield office to ask us for prayer. She shared, My 41-year-old son was in a serious boating accident. Two friends died. His spleen was damaged and he is hospitalized. Would you pray for Jonathan and our family? Less than five days later, she called again. My son is out of the hospital and doing better, but my husband has had a stroke. He's hospitalized. Would you pray again for our family and especially for my husband? As I hung up the phone, it dawned on me. My friend Ruth had learned how to manage stress and survive crisis. She knew prayer was critical, knew the Lord walked with her and her family, and placed her faith and trust in God. Helping individuals and families learn to cope in difficult situations is challenging. What can you do to help your family? 
How can your congregation or church group help individuals and families overwhelmed with stress and in crisis? Some years ago, I invited two Christian counselors to join me on a Family Shield radio program to discuss dealing with stress and surviving crisis. Some of the information that I'm going to be sharing is from that interview. Stress is an imbalance between the demands on the family and the ability we have to cope or meet those demands. It happens when things are out of the norm. The school year starts or summer vacation begins. Your teenager goes off to college. Stress usually happens to one person in the family. Crisis usually happens to the entire family. It is an acute stressor that usually happens with no warning. You can't ignore it. Why do people who are stressed out sometimes lose control and explode in anger? Stress causes adrenaline in our bodies to build up. The adrenaline needs to be released in appropriate ways or it may come out in inappropriate ways like exploding in anger. Anger can cause imbalance in our lives. What is anger? It is a normal human emotion that everyone experiences. Often there is a secondary emotion associated with anger, like fear, stress, or frustration. It happens when our boundaries are violated and when situations we're not prepared for come upon us. Different people react differently to anger. Now, in the Bible study, I have read and discussed the following Bible verses, and I'm just going to read through the Bible verses. Uh, At the end of the Bible verse, there's some questions. I'll tell you what those questions are. Obviously, I can get this hour-long Bible study done in our half-an-hour format because I don't have discussion. But um, I think you'll you'll enjoy the Bible study and the program anyway as we talk about balance. Uh, Ephesians 4 says, be angry, but do not sin. You know, so many people believe when we get angry, we're sinning. But that is just not a biblical perspective. We can become angry and not sin. Or we can become angry and sin by saying things that are inappropriate, hurting each other. In Matthew 21 and John 2, we see an enraged Jesus. He makes a whip, turns over the money changers' tables, and drives them out of the temple they had defiled. And yet we know Jesus was perfect and without sin. So we need to think about what kind of anger Jesus had. Moses became furious when he returned from Mount Sinai to find the Israelites worshiping Baal. Exodus 32 says, His anger burned and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. Cain dealt inaccurately with his anger, when his offering wasn't accepted by God. God rejected his offering, but accepted Abel's. God warned Cain of what his anger would do. He said in Genesis 4, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Cain did not master his anger. He let it master him. He became so angry that it resulted in his murdering his own brother. Proverbs 14 says, Be slow to anger, quick-tempered people exact folly. 
This you know, my beloved brethren, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. James 1 says that. A fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. That's from Proverbs 29. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law from Galatians 5. Now we have three questions that we're to discuss. I'm just going to read the questions. I'm not going to uh, share any more information, but all of the answers to these questions were in the above verses. Is anger always a sin? Why or why not? Well, I kind of already answered that for you, didn't I? What type of anger did Jesus demonstrate in Matthew 21 and 2? I'm sorry, Matthew 21 and John 2. Discuss ways you have learned to control your anger. So how do we learn to control our anger? When we get angry, it's what we do as a result of that anger that causes us to sin. Anger results in wrath, slander, gossip, bitterness, malice, and yes, even murder. When our anger causes us to hurt others intentionally, it is sin. The following are some suggestions that may help you in learning to deal with your anger. Confess sinful angers to God. Ask for his help in learning to control your anger and to remain calm in trying circumstances. Pray and think before you speak when you're angry. Proverbs 14 again says, Be slow to anger, quick-tempered persons exact folly. Don't say words that will hurt others. In today's world, our social media so often allows us to say things that are so inappropriate because we're not looking at that person's face. We just need to be very careful about what we say no matter where we are. When possible, give yourself time to cool off. James 1 says that we should be quick to hear and slow to speak. Sometimes it helps to share your anger with a third person. Physical labor can also help. Vent your feelings upon inanimate objects. Spend time ironing, mowing the lawn, hammering nails, cleaning house, jogging, walking, or biking. React lovingly, not negatively. God himself is slow to anger and has sent his only son to restore us to fellowship with him. He forgives us for Jesus' sake. Being slow to anger in everyday situations isn't always possible, and it's never easy. But we can learn from our failures when we fail Ask for forgiveness and begin anew. Remember, God's love is new every morning. Assess or diagnose your stress level. Then monitor it. The first place to go for help in dealing with stress is to the Lord and then to your family. Other resources include your extended family, teachers, and friends. Of course, Christian counseling is another option. Recognize stress is happening. Don't deny it. Is your family arguing constantly? Sit down and talk together about your schedule and the situations that are causing the stress. If the situation is out of control, do consider professional Christian counseling. Prioritize your goals and objectives and make sure the Lord and your family are priorities. Parents and grandparents should model how to deal with stress and anger. Allow your children to see that you ask for the Lord's help when you're upset. 
Let's talk for a minute about children and stress. Remember that children worry and get stressed out too. One of the counselors that I interviewed some years ago shared that children, when stressed, often act out, whereas adults tend to hide the stress. Children might cry, start a fight, or act out in another way that's not normal for them. If your child is starting kindergarten, try to take them on a tour or meet the teacher before school begins. Teach them coping skills. New experiences can be stressful. Listen to them, comfort them, and assure them that everything will work out. Allow them to discuss their fears and concerns. Then talk about how they might handle these situations. Make sure they get enough sleep. Focus on their spiritual wellness and take time to pray with them. Another stressor for parents is when they allow children to be involved in too many activities. Limit the number of activities your children can become involved in, especially if you have a large family. Plan strategies to prevent stress. Learn to manage stress. Let the petty irritants and minor stresses go. Take time for yourself and your spouse. Learn to use appropriate humor in stressful situations. Laughter relieves stress. Get enough exercise. Get enough sleep. Take a break and learn to relax. Take a walk and enjoy God's creation. Enjoy your pets. Be organized. Support each other by helping and communicating when you see your spouse or child is stressed out. Act as a support system for others in your family who are stressed out. Turn worries and concerns over to the Lord. Philippians says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now, I'm going to go into a new uh, area, trust the Lord walks with you. But before I do that, I want to just make a few announcements. Family Shield is giving away the booklet, Finding Peace. To request a copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us, witness family at gmail.com. Don't forget to give us your complete name and address. Our May donor letter told our supporters that our fiscal year ends June 30th, and we are behind by $20,000. We invite your continued prayers and support. We've recouped some of that, but we're still more than $15,000 behind. So we in Again, encourage your prayers. Here's one way you can help. We encourage you to pray for us. Tell your friends about the program. And as God leads, donate a tax-deductible gift of $25 or more to help us to continue to pay for our radio airtime. Our program is heard on 53 stations throughout the United States. Each person that donates $25 or more and mentions this special offer will receive a copy of my newest Bible study, Balance, Christ-Filled Living. The study has six chapters. Today I'm talking about the chap- chapter 3, Balance When Your Life Seems Overwhelming. You can donate your gift on our PayPal account on our website at www.familyshieldministries.com or you can send a donation to Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 23. 0015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. Remember to mention this special offer or write the word balance on the memo or in a note. Now I'm going to go back to our program, Trusting the Lord Will Walk With You. 
Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. In God we trust. This memo first appeared on the United States coin in 1864 and became the official motto of the United States in 1956. Do you trust God in good times? Do you trust in God even when things seem to be going terribly wrong? I hope you do. Uh, The 4th of July is a time to remember why we are thankful to the Lord for our freedom. And I added this section to the outline today because I have an article on our website that is uh, related to the 4th of July and summertime activities. And there was a couple things in it I thought you might like to think about with your family. What are your favorite memories of summer? What about the 4th of July? Is it a holiday you and your family enjoy? Memories of this summer holiday may include the fireworks, the American flag, picnics at home and away, visiting with family and friends, and barbecue chicken, pork steaks, are brats. The 4th of July and summer activities can offer us opportunities to enjoy time with our family and friends and give us opportunities to share our faith. It's awesome, isn't it, to watch the fireworks at a 4th of July event, the firework is ignited and skyrockets, explodes, and fills the sky with lights and beauty. Fireworks remind me of a special star that shined brightly when the Savior was born. The star of Bethlehem lit up the sky. We saw his star in the east, Matthew 3 says. Have you ever thought about how the American flag can remind us of God? First, the colors, red, white, and blue. The red reminds us of the blood of Christ that was poured out to cover my sins and yours. It also reminds me of the blood of those who died fighting for our country. And it reminds me of the love, thinking about a heart, that I have for my family. The white reminds me that Christ was without sin and that our sins were washed away because of his suffering and death on the cross. The Bible tells us that our sins are washed away as far as the east is from the west. Talk about that over a devotion some evening. It's kind of a hard concept to understand, but it's so important that we understand. God not only forgives us, he forgets the sins that we've done because of Christ. The blue, the color blue, reminds me of the waters of baptism, the ocean that God created, as well as the lakes and rivers and the sky on a beautiful, clear summer day. What about the stars? The stars cause us to look up to the heavens where the Lord reigns in majesty. The morning star rises in your heart, says Second Peter 1.19. The flag also reminds me of the linen cloths that the Lord was wrapped in and discarded after he had risen from the dead. He saw the strips of linen lying there from John 20, verse 6. The flag also reminds me of my father, Joseph Schoenberger, who received an American flag at his funeral because he served in the Army during World War II. So how will you spend the rest of your summer in the 4th of July? Will you visit with family and friends and discuss how the things we enjoy about this special day can remind us of God? Will you enjoy some great barbecue? I encourage you to do just that. Spending time together is important for families. So is talking about our faith in Christ. One of my favorite Bible verses is Deuteronomy 6, 5 to 9. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. 
These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your houses and on your gates. Now I'm going to go back to the Bible study because I kind of added a few things there. The next part says read and discuss the following Bible verses, and it all relates to um, trusting the Lord. In thee our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you did deliver them. To thee they cried out and were delivered. In thee they trusted and were not disappointed. I will put my trust in him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Questions to discuss. When is it easy for you to trust God? These would be good questions to talk about after dinner for a brief time. When is it hard for you to trust him? How have you trusted God in difficult times? At the Bible study, if you have a Bible study Uh, This is always a good time to learn about other people's challenges. Many times as Christians, we think, oh, everybody's got a perfect life. Well, they don't. Everyone has terrible challenges. And if they haven't had them yet, they will at some point in their life. Women who continue to trust the Lord even in difficult situations. I wrote two stories here, two women. Miriam shared, one of the most challenging times from our family is when our daughter went through a difficult divorce. Her husband abused her and our granddaughters. Prayer became our constant companion. We trusted the Lord would keep her safe when he had custody of them. It took much longer than most divorces, but it is now final. We continue to pray and trust the Lord. She and her children worship at a wonderful and supportive congregation. She's doing a wonderful job of raising her daughters to know and love Jesus. We are thankful for our Savior, our faith, the Lord's love and his forgiveness that's new every morning. God's word says, give thanks to him and give him praise. We do praise and trust in him. We trust him in good times and bad. He continues to walk with us. And Pat, she shared, I've had many trials throughout my life. I grew up with a father who was an alcoholic. I went through a divorce when my two daughters were young. It was after the divorce that I came to know Christ as my Savior and Lord because a Christian friend shared the law and gospel with me. I couldn't believe God would forgive me. The Lord not only forgave my sins, he gave me eternal life as a free gift. What a marvelous God we worship. She continued, although I was a Christian, I didn't do a good job of teaching my children about the Lord during those early years. My older daughter got involved with and then addicted to drugs when she was a teenager I raised her son. She died some years ago. Such a difficult time in our life. My younger daughter became a Jehovah's Witness some years ago. It breaks my heart that my daughter, son-in-law, and granddaughter do not know Christ and his forgiveness. I continue to pray for them. I trust in God's promises. Trusting the Lord in difficult circumstances is not easy, but I praise him for his faithfulness, patience with me, and his grace that is new every morning. Great stories. We have we hear for so we hear from so many people about terribly challenging times and yet they still hold on to that faith and trust God. The last part of this is entitled Surviving Crisis and I share some personal stories in this. 
let's also discuss how we survive crisis. Crisis can be the loss of a job, a serious financial problem, dealing with depression, bipolar disorder, a life-threatening illness, a fire that destroys your home, finding yourself in an abusive relationship or when a child gets involved with drugs or alcohol or even leaves the faith. Sometimes people make crisis plans. For instance, we always told our children what to do in case of a fire in our home. Schools have fire drills. It might be beneficial for families to do the same thing. But fortunate, unfortunately, many times we just don't plan or manage crisis. We must survive the crisis by taking one day at a time and trusting that God will walk with us. The Meyer family has gone through numerous challenges and crisis over the years. Some years ago, my husband, Chad, was in a gasoline explosion while we were on a camping trip. He was in intensive care for several weeks. We took one day at a time, prayed for healing and strength to endure, and got through that difficult time. Another crisis occurred when my mother went in for minor surgery, got an infection, and died within weeks of her surgery. She was 77 years old when she passed from this life to the next. The most difficult time for our family uh, was when our 32-year-old son, Jeff, was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. We didn't know he had cancer. After months of chemo and radiation, he passed from death to life in June of 2010. The death of a loved one is always difficult, but the death of a beloved child is even more difficult. It is only because of our faith in Christ that we are able to get through this time of life. We are thankful that Jeff knew the Lord as his Savior and look forward to seeing him again in heaven. Some crisis, like the loss of a child, you never get over, but you can survive with Christ. Some time ago, I received an email from Dr. Dick Hordell, who has a serious illness. He said, by God's grace, I am living with the fact that I have this illness, and God will give me all the strength I need to do what he's called me to do. Wellness is not the lack of illness. Wellness is to have God centered in Christ in every aspect of one's life. I am living well in Christ in the midst of this disease, said Dick. And this is my prayer for you. May you live well in Christ. Our time is just about up. I want to mention again that we're giving away the book, Finding Peace. You can call our response center to receive that. And uh, we're also, as if you want to support the ministry, uh, we will send the uh, Balanced uh, Christfield Living Bible Study to you. This is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Our website is www.familyshieldministries. We always close the Bible study with prayer, and I have just a brief prayer here. Uh, Heavenly Father, sometimes stress and crisis of life overwhelm us. Help us learn to control our stress and deal with our anger. Forgive us when we sin. In your name, amen. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, P.O. Box 230015, St. Louis, Missouri, 63123. And tune in again next week for Family Shield. Family Shield.